Welcome to Stories by Scrimba. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Very glad to be here. Thank you for having me. This is cool. It's so good to have you here. Your approach to finding a job is really unique, I think. At least I haven't met any Scrimba students who have found a job through uh, an internship. Mm. Are internships like only for really new, young students? How did you use an internship to find a full-time job? Uh, so like I told you before, um, the job that I got right now, two-day internships are quite common in Japan. And that's usually for uh, graduating students or what they have here called a uh, Daini Sotsugyo, which means like second year graduates who like graduated but couldn't find a job, but is still looking for a job the next year. And companies offer these two-day internships, which is almost like a like kind of like a trial. How would they do in this in, in as a company member? And they give you like kind of like tests or whatnot. And what we had to do was just like a PHP coding test where we make a little card app. And I had no idea anything about PHP. So it was a, definitely a big challenge, a lot of copy and pasting. And that was last year, November. Didn't really hear from nothing from him afterwards. But then as I'm doing job, job hunting from this year, uh, he eventually just sent me an email. It's like, hey, why don't we have a call? And it was more reasons like, he first told me that I couldn't join because my Japanese skills was a little low. But then when we had the call, he said, well, the business is kind of going up. And how is your Japanese now? And obviously my Japanese has improved. Like I, I'm trying to learn every day. And he's like, well, I would like to have you on board. I was like, well, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go on, hey? That's awesome. Uh, that must have been such an exciting phone call to get after yeah. a few months passing. For sure. Like I was at my other work part-time job and I was like, oh man, like I, I couldn't even hold a smile. And, you know, my boss is like, what you smiling for? You don't even need to know. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. What, so it sounds like in Japan, the culture is very different. These two-day internships, I, I don't know if they exist anywhere else in the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I never heard of them before. And I've always like, you, you see the flyers everywhere, and, like, especially in like university, uh, university neighborhoods. And it's like, well, two day internship, what the hell you got to do in two days? You know, that's what I thought. But my experience is like that two days felt like uh, like two whole whole weeks, you know? Oh, I bet. Uh, How do they like decide who gets the internships in the first place? Is maybe the bar lower because they're doing so, so many maybe because they're quite short or is there like a screening phone call at the very least to, to sort of get the internship? Well, most of the like the internship you get, you kind of join in like an online uh, career forum that type thing where like, okay. uh, like an HR company, a uh, big one here is like called Recruit or um, that Recruit is a big company in Japan that holds these seminars for, you know, students or you know, otherwise people who are unemployed, that companies that are looking for certain type of employees, it's kind of like a company pitching event to students. I don't know if that's a thing in the West. Yeah, I think there's like open days at universities where different employers come in and they have a booth and they kind of mm -hmm. talk a little bit about what they're building and what opportunities the opportunities they have. Yeah, for sure. So it's very similar to that. But obviously it's online, most of them, or you can go to the big ones, but I don't want to wear a suit. Did you learn about this internship at university? Were you studying when you learned about these internships or did, did you find the websites irrespective of uh, any school or university? It was funny. I found the career like fair with the forum like online, but I didn't really apply. But then the career center at my school kind of sent me this email. Hey, like you should, you know, like you're about to graduate. You should try to, you know, do something. 
So I was like, oh, why not? Let's let's try to join. Because I never really liked these job fairs or what. I don't know. I just felt kind of it, it wasn't genuine. I feel like it was just like a because Japanese is very like. And I don't know if you know anything about Japanese culture. It's you gotta just kind of play that formal image, right? Everyone's bowing. Everyone's you know being utmost formal, but it's just to play that formality. I just mm. didn't like it. I didn't want to go there, but different when you actually do it. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking if you have to do that during the career fair, you probably have to do it in the workplace all the time as well, right? Exactly. Um, like I said in the message, if you're going to a pure Japanese company, it's you're going to feel that hierarchy where you're you're at the bottom bottom ranks and you're just bowing to everybody. You just got to say oh, yes. Yeah. You know. So that would take some getting used to for someone like me from the UK. I bet. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So when you were at school, were you studying computer science? Uh, actually, the school program is, we only, it's just kind of a smaller school, private school outside of Tokyo, and it only gives us uh, economics major or international relations. So no, not a lot of computer related courses, except okay. one in um, R, which for one of the economics courses, just doing a lot of data analysis. So you, what you did at school had nothing to do with programming? No, nothing, nothing. I had zero you know, I mean, I did a little bit of R, but you know, I, what 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 do I remember from that? No, I don't know. Linear sure. regressions, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, R and PHP are so far apart, and yeah, never mind exactly. React and JavaScript and all yeah, that stuff. Exactly. So, what got you into program? Like, I don't know. Were you on a certain path? Like, if you were studying economics or something, you probably had some kind of destination in mind. Where did the idea to start pursuing coding come from, and where did you go once you had the idea? That's uh, funny. Um. I was really into, you know, uh, like project management, just working with people, just because I got involved. I don't know if you know this community called Slush. It's quite big in Helsinki and Finland. I think that's where they're from. It's a big startup uh, event, conference. Mm. And from then on, I got kind of more involved into tech and IT and then just talking to people. I just love talking to people. But then, you know, obviously COVID hit and like all the, kind of the jobs that I was looking for, trying to talk to people, they said, no, you know, I'm not hiring whatnot. And so like, like with everybody else involved, like just that 2020 was kind of a, a shitty year for me. I'm sorry, excuse my language. No, I'm sorry to hear it. No, 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 it's all good. But uh, my brother, who's a full stack engineer in the States, he kind of challenged me. He's like, hey, you know, just try something, you know, like, try try building a little bit of website on your own, HTML, CSS, whatnot. And he just sent me some like uh, websites online, try it out. And what's funny is like the first time I looked up, you know, like front end courses, Scrimba popped in. <laughs> like the first time, like this is not PPL, like it's for sure. Like Google typed in like front end courses, like Scrimba popped up. And the first, like the intro to HTML, CSS, mm -hmm. like I just hopped in. That was like September, or like a little bit before September. And I just fell in love with it. Like it just, I don't know, Kevin Powell, like he teaches so well, like I'm sure everybody knows. Like, and it just, just clicked and then I was having fun and just the whole interactivity with the scrims and it just, just clicked, you know? And I was like, I'm going to be a hermit. I think this makes sense for me. Let's go. Let's, 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 let's grind it out, see what happens. I love that. That's amazing to hear. Like makes my job feel even better. Like I love to hear those kind of success no, yeah, stories. You, you guys definitely have some special going on here, really. It's, it's pretty interesting how this works, you know? There's so many, so many boot camps out there. You, you gotta, you know, you gotta sacrifice, you know, arm and a leg, just to try to get in, right? You know, I can't do that. 
They're expensive, right? Like we updated our tagline on Scrimba recently to don't spend 15K on a coding bootcamp. Our career path helps motivated students become hireable friends and developers at 1% of the cost. Do you think we're telling the truth? No, that's definitely for sure. I mean, of course, you as a person, you have to dedicate your own work. You have to have a work ethic to do it, right? But for sure, like, it's an amazing little platform you guys have. I love it. I, I go back to it all the time. I mean, I haven't even finished the whole bootcamp yet. I'm still at the last uh, module, but like I always go back to everything. Like even if I'm building, let's say some, I don't know, some like gallery or whatnot, photo gallery, I'm going back to that photo gallery and seeing how it's done and going back to mine. And it's just, it's just amazing, you know, it just works. I love that. No, I think that's so important. Like you need to have the right motivation. I, th- I think you mentioned actually in one of the messages you sent me that I think you said something like confusion was your closest companion when learning to code. And I, I, I don't want to interpret it too much. I'd love to hear from you what exactly you meant by that. But I'm, I'm assuming that a part of it is like actually learning to code is hard, even with the best resources, you have to dedicate a lot. But also, at some point you realize, okay, maybe now I should start applying for jobs. But there's no roadmap, right? Like there's no guaranteed success. Every culture, every company is different. And so, yeah, what did you mean by that when you said confusion was your closest companion? I mean, I think you said it best, like, when you start, uh, I mean, still now, like, there are times where it's like, what the hell am I doing? Me or too, it's man. Like, <laughs> it's like, or even when I'm looking for an answer, I don't even have a clear question. So it's like, well, what's going on here? And I think a lot of part of that is like, I didn't really, especially in the beginning and maybe even sometimes now, like, I didn't and don't trust the process, you know? Like, is it Mm. really gonna work for me? Even if I'm putting this work, is it gonna work for me, right? But I've come to really realize that like, hey, just just take your time, baby steps, learn the process. If you don't know it, it's okay. Just keep keep trying, just get that, first get that muscle memory in and then everything else is just kind of come smoothly down, especially with like, Array methods, you know, <laughs> just, 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 just write it and it'll, it'll stick. <laughs> Trust me. Have faith in the process, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I suppose then how did you go from, one, one thing I'm curious about is how you prepared for your internships and what, cause I think you mentioned like PHP, they just kind of sprung that on you. Like you didn't really know what to expect. What was it like preparing for those internships? And I'm kind of curious too, like, what do they look like from the inside? Like I, if these two day internships sound crazy, like once you arrive on day one, what's that like? Yeah, so I had like, I mean, I've obviously looked up, you know, online, like, oh, what's a, like, what is a day like and an intern for like, a developer and kind of all those like videos you can see on YouTube and stuff. And right when I got there, they give you a computer you sign a little piece of paper saying they're gonna pay for your transportation and lunch and whatnot. They give you a sheet that says, hey, build this. It's like, damn, what the, what, what? It's like, no, nothing else, you know? Well, obviously they say hello, you say you say hello to whatever, and they say, hey, if you need help, just ask. Say, okay. But then you're just on the desk, connect your laptop to the display and just, just go at it. That, that's I had, crazy. It sounds a little bit like I I spoke to someone named named Nico on this podcast a few weeks ago. Um, He's based in Germany and he did like a phone interview and then he went to their on-site office for a couple of days and they gave him a, 
sketch file basically with a web design on it. And they gave him a day or two to like translate that sketch file into a responsive website. Is that similar to the internship? Is it maybe just a different word for something very similar? I think that's definitely similar to that. I mean, the other internship that I had as well, it was the first task was similar to that. Like they gave you like a couple of different files, like photos, JPEG files and say, hey, make this and see what you can do with it. And they don't really give you any, a lot of direction, like how much do you, should you build it? Should you actually, you know, is it okay if it's just the design and it's responsive or do they actually want me to have it, you know, functional and actually fetching something? Or am I going to hydrate data somewhere? You know, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> it's definitely, you, you just don't know, you know, you just, so you just kind of go, you ask around and then you eventually just say, okay, whatever, I'm just going to do whatever I can. And then just ask the senior devs, see if it's okay. And then whatever, right. see how it goes out. Huh, that sounds pretty scary, actually. Like the the way Nico's was maybe a bit different is that I think he had support. Like if he had a question, at the end of the day, you, you kind of want to work in a team where you can ask questions, right? And so for an interviewer, seeing what kind of questions you ask and how you navigate problems, that's part of it. Was there some element of that? Did you have any support? Or was it practically just, hey, here's a task. We'll talk to you in two days when it's done. <laughs> so I mean, they tell you you can ask, right? But then when you're in that Japanese office and nobody's talking and it's just everyone is just focused on their task, it's quite intimidating to even kind of kind of lean over and say, hey, "Excuse me," you know, because I don't know, I, I don't know these people. I I didn't even know their names. I can't even. You know? it's, so it's so it's practically like they want to see how not just coding, but how will you figure this office atmosphere out? You know, are you going to be able to read the atmosphere? Are you gonna, you know? Are you going to come in line with us or are you going to kind of go overboard and disrupt the, disrupt this atmosphere that's already been made? That is such an amazing observation because yeah. like we were just saying, there's no path to success. There's no formula. Everybody has a different opinion on what should go on your resume. Everybody has different advice about how you should navigate an interview. But what you just picked up on is whether you're in Japan or a company in the U.S., Maybe it's more extreme in Japan, the culture difference, but every company has a certain type of culture, which is just a way of saying they like the way they like to work and interact and collaborate. And, and you need to bring a level of intuition to that, I think. And if you want to be successful, kind of figure out how do you ever, maybe what you wear to the office isn't as important, but there is an element of that, like, oh, how do people conduct themselves here? Can I behave that way? And is it something I could see myself doing for, um, for, for a long time? You, I mean, this sounds like um, it's quite it's quite a blunt question. I think I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but 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 to me, that doesn't particularly sound like somewhere I would be very comfortable working. Like I feel like I would prefer it if people were more like encouraging and and help me out and and sort of made me feel successful. What's your what? Of course, you are okay with it because you pursued it and took a job there. I'm kind of curious about your perspective of being a developer in Japan. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that culture being a, adapting to it is pretty would be pretty difficult. But for me, like, I you know I lived on the road for like four years, hitchhiking around, and then I went to the Korean military, and then I came to Japan. So like, I I, I kind of know how to kind of blend in. Like, it's I don't really get uncomfortable as other people. So people sometimes tell me, hey, you can't talk in you. I'm fine with not talking. I'm okay. So that's okay for me. So I think that's a little bit different. But um. As far as this company, it was more of the founder, like his story and like how he, are you familiar with EY? 
one of the uh, consulting firms. Um, no, how do you spell it so I can look it up afterwards? Uh, e, it's just E-Y, Ernest, Ernest and Young, I think. Oh, the letters, E and Y. Yeah, yeah what's yeah. it about? What's their story? Um, so when they were in Japan, they didn't really have an IT consulting firm. And the founder at the current company I'm at, his original company was an IT consulting firm. And EY, they had a couple meetings and they eventually bought him out, bought, bought the company from him and became one of the execs there. And he, he had this amazing, really cool success story. And hearing that from him, I feel like I could learn so much, not in just coding or programming, but just being next to him, just understanding how he conducts himself. And that's one of the main reasons why I was like, okay, I think this is a good leader to follow, at least in, during my beginning of my career. That's why I chose. And of course, visa issues is a big, big thing. <laughs> Mm, yeah but there's so many things that go into it right like everybody's different every job is different i think finding that perfect match is part, part of the battle exactly and what was funny is like I, I don't know if this happens to you or anybody else but like you know how you you really need something and then you find it but then you start to get more options right when you find it and you, you need to start choosing like like when i got this job offer i, I got another offer like i told you at a different company which I preferred going there, but they only offered me an internship position, but, you know, and I needed the visa. So I eventually had to come here, but it was quite funny. Like I was like really, you know, going crazy. Like, am I going to find a job? Am I going to find a job? Or what? And at the, towards the end, it just, options just started pouring in, which is, I don't know if that happens to other people, but it's it, it does. frustrating. It definitely does. Yeah. Right. <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Uh, yeah. I, I have no idea how it just happens. <laughs> it's just weird. Uh, no I've I've experienced that and um I've definitely heard it from other students as well where for months and months it feels like nothing is happening and then all of a sudden the dominoes fall and there are multiple offers or opportunities at least to pursue maybe it's just a case of things just take a little bit of time and by the time you're feeling a bit impatient basically like oh it's a bit annoying like why hasn't it happened yet just waiting that little bit of extra time is when all of the like return on investment, the return on all your hard work. Maybe that's when it all, all happens. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, it's it's pretty trippy, to be honest. <laughs> I'd love to know when you first started learning to code. What are some of the things that perhaps you wish you knew then that you know now? I still, I still don't think I know now because <laughs> I'm I'm still at it's a very beginning. I'm still a fresh, fresh newbie, and. I, I like what we talked before. I think it was just really understanding. It takes time, like especially when I was in the first few modules and like the JavaScript challenges. Like I, I didn't like when I saw the solutions. Like okay, yeah, that makes sense. But why can't I think think of it like this? You know, and that took me to a whole a rabbit hole of like looking for like how do programmers think? How do coders think? Like I I went on days just trying to find find out what how do programmers think. And I asked my brother. I asked my friends who are also dev. They're like, hey man, it, it's not over overnight thing, you know. It, it they sometimes still don't know, and it's it's okay not to know. And it's I think it's more better accepting the fact that you're not gonna know everything, and that's totally fine. But just again, try to be your best to find that question first, you know, instead of just looking for an answer. That's I think if I could tell my earlier self, it's like, hey, just chill out. You're you're gonna get it. It just takes time. But just trust that process, like we said in the beginning. How much time? Yeah, what is what is that, right? I mean, I think it's a, it's, it, I mean, it's it's a life lifetime thing, lifetime learning. Like, 
from going from front end stuff, JavaScript, and then now I have to learn PHP. It's like once you, you know, you think you can close a door or you open the door, there's, you know, X number of doors. Now you got to also open and see what you're going to do. Because, I mean, sure, you can stop after you can make some responsive design and a website or whatnot. But is that what you really want to do? Is that what you got into it? Is that, is that it? But for me, no, I want to keep going. Like I, I fell in love with learning, you know, like I want to keep like, if there is something up, like just the other day, so my, my friends were talking about React Admin. I was like, what, what the hell is React Admin? Go look at it. It's like, okay, there's another thing I got to learn. And it's it's fun for me now. It's a hobby to be now, to learn it. So, so that's that's exciting. You know? Always following that curiosity is satisfying, right? Like once you have yeah. that foundation, you can always keep building on it. Yeah. And uh, so it sounds like you're going to be a lifelong learner. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so rewarding, like. Like when I was living in South America, we were building you know, permaculture, uh, uh, ecological homes, cob homes, and adobe homes. I just always loved building things, you know, with my hands. But I was never good at, you know, using like technology tools like this. And now I'm kind of slowly getting into it. And it's like, it's it's so rewarding to see it just right on the screen. It's like, oh, there it is. Look at that. Like, that's from my head, you know. <laughs> 100% is the best feeling. <laughs> uh, and I think, I think for a lot of people, like one reason I fell in love with coding when I, I wasn't good at like maths and biology and stuff because you learn it, but you don't get an immediate chance to use it, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're building an app, everything you learn, you get to see the results immediately. And that's so fun and motivating for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. For sure. Uh, how, well, I mean, how do you, how, what, what pushes you? Do you I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're still like, constantly learning and finding out new things yourself, huh? Oh, absolutely. I think it just comes down to, to one of my core beliefs, which is like, you're on this planet, you might as well keep improving yourself and sure. learning something new every single day. Sure. And uh, yeah, I think I think I might have maybe moved a bit more towards the, the business side of code, which is maybe a little bit less on, on sort of writing the code compared to really thinking about how to use code to solve problems. Mm, that's very interesting. So what's like, you have a, is it is a different goal personally or professionally? You have like two different goals within that world of programming? Oh yeah. Well, I'm quite lucky in that I get to code as a hobby mostly. Like my, uh -huh. my full-time role at Scrimber is not about like coding so much as like community and mm -hmm. sharing awesome stories like yours. And so I get to like code a lot of fun, interesting side projects, which is kind of nice because I don't have to worry as much about like perfect code quality mm -hmm. or writing tests and stuff like that. Um, but when it, when it comes to in previous roles where I've been a developer, I think it's quite easy to get lost in it. Like you almost forget your motivation for a little bit because you're always, when you're part of a new team, like they elevate you, like you absorb information and you're always pushing yourself to try and be on a similar level to them. And at some point, I think you, you realize where, you know, you've learned what you wanted to learn, but as you pointed out, there are so many things in coding, you, you couldn't possibly learn everything. And so at some point you hit like a, a sort of fork in the road where you're like, okay, I've been working on this PHP project for, for so long. I've learned a lot of really amazing concepts, learned how to work in a team, learned a lot about GitHub and testing. Mm -hmm. If you go and work on a Node.js project next, these things come with you, right? Like they're transferable mm. in a lot of ways. But then, yeah, you realize actually I'm more passionate about Node.js or, or a different problem domain 
maybe you're working on a customer facing app, maybe you're working in an agency, perhaps you want to work on like an NGO or something. That, that's another reason coding is awesome because it's such a broad scale. If you love sports, you could build an app for a football team, right? And combine the two passions. If you love nonprofits and helping people, you can go and work at an NGO and have a huge impact using code. What kind of work uh, are you doing at your current company? Uh, for my current full-time offer, I, I'm going to start April 1st. That's my first starting day. But at the moment, at, I'm, I'm working part-time at uh, a cloud security company, but it's not IT related, more business side investments. And then I have also another internship, as like I told you with a, a Tangerine, a front-end internship, but, but using Angular. And what their specialty is, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like Beacon Technology sensors. So yeah, they, they're for like clothing stores that want to calculate how many uh, customers come in, how long they stay, what they buy. They su like, supply these uh, beacons. And on the front-end oh. side, we give them kind of like, uh, like uh, fun little UI features, like setting the different settings on the strength of the Wi-Fi to detect the phone's Wi-Fi detector. And then maybe you can change the Bluetooth rate, uh, radius as well, how far that goes, stuff like that. And I'm not familiar with Angular at all, so I'm just a lot of like copying and pasting. <laughs> but it definitely sounds like your your passion right now is for the front end side of things. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's, I mean, I guess I, I would like your advice. Like, do you, would you, have would you keep a bit room to change from front end to back end or even maybe just frameworks i think you'll always have room to change because yeah. it's a really silly example but like say you're using javascript to write angular apps and yeah. say you're thinking about learning c sharp to write back end or python or something to write back end apps like an if statements in javascript there's like an if statement in python like it's very similar conditional logic very simple example, but the point is there are so many little things which transfer and actually it's not the, fr the frameworks aren't like, it's, this is going to sound a bit um, unbelievable if you're listening and you're new to coding, but the front end frameworks, they're not like that hard to learn. Like it's quite quick to learn a front end framework co compared to learning things like writing clean code, writing refactoring code, writing testable code, compared to learning how to collaborate in a team or learning how to structure code in different files so that it evolves very maintainably and stuff like that. Th these are like the intermediate skills that actually, when you look at a because remember, I say relatively easy because you could be, you know, we're lifelong learners, you and me, Paul, and anybody else learning, it takes a few years to really reach your stride. And that's perfectly normal and okay. So once you get into your stride, your perspective changes a little bit and you can transfer your skills from one framework to another. Again, an Angular versus React is a good example. There's a lot of differences between them. React is a library, Angular is a framework, but at the end of the day, the concepts are quite similar in that they are designed to build single page applications, whereas Angular has like built-in libraries to fetch data and has services built in. React, you'll end up installing a separate one, but it's gonna work in a very similar way. Like if you want to fetch data from an API, you still send a get request. And, and I could go on and on really, because you know once you fetch data from a server, you have to sometimes cache it or something like right. that. And knowing you have to cache it is actually the thing you need to learn. Actually implementing the code to cache it, once you've done it in Angular, you'll quickly Google, how do I do this in React? And it'll just become a lot easier, I think. So no matter what you're doing, I always think there's room to change. 
That's cool. I mean, that's good advice. Like, cause I'm, I start like, I sometimes get into a habit of, oh, but I like how React does this way. You know? I, I think that way. And my brother always tells me like, stop being so focused with one, you know, be open-minded. It's okay. Like there's, there, there are different frameworks and languages because there are different tools you use them for different things. And mm-hmm. I think I got to get my mind around that more. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. I, I, I suppose um, one, one question I always come back to is like, you know, imagine you want to build Facebook, for example, like, do you use Angular or do you use React? Well, you could probably use either of them and still build the same end Mm. product and solve the same problem for your users. And so at the end of the day, I think a lot of it comes down to preference. And if you're a junior looking to get a job, you know, it's tempting if you've been learning React to only look for React jobs. But to be honest, like, if an employer saw a lot of potential in you because you have an interesting background, it might not be to do with the code. You might be in the military like you, Paul, and being like, damn, that's the kind of guy I want on the team. I think that's a really cool trade to have. Um, or it could be that you've been learning a lot of other things. The point is an employer might say, okay, you don't, you know React, you don't know Angular, but we can teach you that. You know, We can teach you that quite quickly. Teaching you how to code from scratch isn't going to fly. But if you've put a lot of effort in and you've been learning how to learn and you've been learning how to structure applications, then you can always make that change. And so I think... Yeah, I think I think you can always move around if you want to. Have Have you ever? I mean, I'm 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 guessing you've have had like a job where you had to learn on the job. How did that go? Every yeah. job, every job, every you have job. to learn on the job. I think, so, yeah. Yeah, see how it goes. I don't know. I'm excited to start. No, I, I don't know. I'm how excited it's for go, you. But, yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm sure it's gonna be great, Paul. How long did it take you? Like we spoke a bit about, like how long does it take to learn to code? It's like asking how long is a piece of string? Like, it, it depends. <laughs> how long did it take you from that? You know, there was that day, I suppose, where your your brother turned you on to coding. How, when was that? And how much, and, and so we can figure out how much time between then and April 1st when you start your first full-time job. Uh, from last, last August, 2020. Last August, really? That's, yeah, that's yeah. rapid. That's really quick. I mean, I've, I've actually tried to slow down a bit more and just like, let's just do one of this. Is, chill out for a second you know and that's one of the reasons why i haven't finished the scrimba course because i always keep going back but yeah definitely awesome. I think taking take, taking the time is important i agree it's a marathon not a sprint how long did it take for you to get your job first job well it's a really good question because i i would say you know three or four years actually but mm-hmm. i think in retrospect i could have probably got a job after one and a half or two years. Mm. Like, I think I was the kind of person who was waiting too long for the perfect opportunity when actually had I been a bit more proactive, I could have probably found success quicker. Did you enjoy your first job? Was it like what you expected? Yeah, I, I loved it. Like my my quick story is, because remember Paul, people hit because your story's awesome. Oh, story well, 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 <laughs> no, people curious about you too, man. You're the host. Just for, um, yeah, well, I grew up in a very like rural area where there are lots of like farms, but not a lot of technology companies. And so it wasn't easy for me to just get a job because I also had to think about moving. And that I think slowed things down a lot in my case. Plus I was young. I started to learn coding when I was like 15, 16. So my, my timeline was a little bit different than maybe other people. Cause like I think is a theme in this episode everybody's a little bit different. Everybody has different goals, different frameworks, different cultures. Mm -hmm. There is no 
silver bullet, but it's nice to know because it's inspiring nonetheless to know you did it in about six or seven months. I think that's really inspiring no matter what. It might take someone listening longer. It might take them less time, but it's nice to hear sometimes that other people have been on a fairly lengthy journey and you can't learn to code in like 30 days, like some books and boot camps will have you believe. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it just definitely trust the process, right? Like it's not overnight thing. It's it's gonna be, you know, you, you have to invest in your time and energy. And it's gotta be, you know, excuse my language, it's gotta be shitty, you know, but it, that's how you learn. Hundred percent. Trust uh, the process. That's gonna be the the title of this podcast episode, right. I think. Oh, for sure. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining me on Stories by Scrimber. It's been a delight to meet you and I can't wait to share your story with the Scrimber community. No, thank you for having me. This is cool. Always dig it, always dig it.